be part of this, Kitty. Hmm. Yes. Why would you ever say that? <laughs> She's like. Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 52, Golden Fool, chapters 15 through 19, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, also a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm barely a rereader. I'm Eli, and I'm a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. Okay, first up, corrections, omissions, and announcements. Uh, I came across a really great thread on the Robin Hub Reddit today, and it was specifically a link to a particular academic article on queerness in Realm of the Elderlings, but the thread turned into people linking lots of academic articles, and if you are not afraid of spoilers, it is a great thread to check out. I want to read it so bad, but I'm so afraid of spoilers. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would recommend you wait, at least until the end of this trilogy. You know, uh, in, in three years when I die. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're making good time. Yeah, we've only been doing this we for are. a year and three months. Book and we're eight books in. Eight? Book 50. Eight. Yeah, are we about halfway? Yeah. We are halfway. I mean, at book-wise halfway, but like page count, I don't know, or some of the other books. That's true. This much some of them get longer. Yeah, they get longer <laughs> towards the end. I think that's yeah. consistent. Yeah. It's like time dilation, but like the other way. Um, All right, first up is chapter 15, and that is Joey. Chapter 15, called Quarrel, or My Name is Fitz Chivalry, and I'm Definitely Not Gay. (laughs) Fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) The intro is about uh, where out out island folk are buried, the perilous boneyard, uh, the sea is for men, and the ice is for the ladies. So they send men, they send out islander men dead bodies out into the sea like vikings and then women are put in I guess ice tombs or something in glaciers. And then they're if you're a really good hero though and you're a boy, you can still get buried in the glacier. And then they might carve your clan sigil into this giant ice sculpture um and it's really boss and it has to be big cuz you know weather but it doesn't contain any champagne, so, you know, it's six dozen, whatever. There's also something about the Cave of the Winds, and then there's an oracle or something about it that roams around, and it's sometimes a naked hot chick or sometimes a cloaked old crone. I don't know why it has to be either of those things, but and there's, a, there's this glacier that you gotta ascend at low tide, and you have to watch out for black ice on it. Um, and then there's a monster in there, and that's that's probably they don't say this, but I think that's the dragon of a- ice fire. I don't, I don't, I couldn't gather if that was the cave of the winds or if that's some other just shitty I- ice island or what. But that's that's mm. that's yeah, that was. They were definitely talking about 
like, how many fucking caves with monsters could they have? Yeah, I mean... And I just kept on getting visions of, of, of Christopher Reeves looking at, like, looking in his ice cave. <laughs> That's where my mind kept going. Like, staring at, like, you know, his dead parents, but... Um, so, Ice Fire's cave is the Fortress of Solitude? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Less active Superman. <laughs> <sighs> so, the chapter starts out with a mission. Fitz has to get a red penny whistle for to bribe Thick with. Um, and then Fitz is also reading old tiny message scrolls that were intercepted from the piebalds, and the only one worthy of note, I thought, was the one Fitz had to break open because it was old, and the scroll uh, precipitated the need for Fitz to be fetched from his dirt floor cottage. This was back (laughs) before the book one of this trilogy, I think. Um... Yes. The piece that Che did not share was that the witted bastard lives, quote, and you got to protect him, yada yada. Maybe you'll stop the slaughter if we kill one of yours. Farseer's got the wit. Take action, blah, blah, blah. And this spooked Fitz because he thought everyone thought he, as Fitz, was dead. How did they know otherwise? So, you know, that's, you know, his his identity is is possibly compromised or at least his secret identity um nettle is skill pestering fits while he slept last night again and she was upset about something and didn't want to be ignored and fitz said fuck it and he fed himself some elf bark even though he was definitely not supposed to be taking elf bark anymore and um then a maid stopped fitz as he was on his way to lord golden to give him breakfast and put a flower on his tray and when Fitz found the fool upstairs, he realized that Jack was definitely not there, thankfully. And Fitz asked the fool for a red penny whistle for Thick. And then it's time for a quarrel, so get ready. After the fool rebukes Fitz for drinking elf bark tea, Fitz gets cranky. Yes, the elf bark tea will interfere, but Fitz's student is a little tardy turd. That's dutiful, <laughs> if you remember. Um, and Thick is also not being very helpful. What difference will it make? Fitz has to take up a matter with the fool now. Forget the damn tea. Fitz wants to know what the fool has said to Jack to make her think that they were awkward gesture as if trying to fit two pieces together that <laughs> should not be put together. Because that's the only way Fitz can really explain this. Beyond friendship, no denials. Why would you let her believe this? fool this delusion this deceit so he's interrogating the fool now about the the perceived nature of their relationship to a stranger why does he give a shit i do not know and the fool starts talking in lord golden tones because he clearly does not want to talk about it but fitz wants to talk to the fool fitz hates that jack thinks that they're boy lovers he hates it. He hates that people wonder what Lord Golden does to his servant at night. The fool issues a, uh, a massive eye roll. What the fuck does it matter about buckkeep gossip? And oh shit, Fitz is now yelling. Who are you? Who are you? Who is Amber? Why would you live in Bingtown as a woman? A woman. The fool gives a perfectly reasonable answer, but hyper-conservative Fitz don't like it. Fitz is feeling used. <laughs> None of it was real. How can Fitz know he knows the real fool? And the fool huffs. 
You know who I am. I've given you my true name, Beloved. Words do not contain what a heart can. And you know the whole of me. Why must I truncate myself to please you? You know I love you, Fitz. I always have. I always will. Very sweet. The conversation should have ended there, clearly. I mean, it already too much has happened. And then Fitz presses it. And he says he loves the fool, but as, as he loves his dearest friend, only friend. Sex? No, not gay sex. That's ridiculous. Never. And he literally says, never. And the fool says, his boundaries have no love, which I think is a perfectly reasonable answer no. for the that. fool. No, he sets no boundaries no on his love. What did I say? His love. He said his boundaries have no love. <laughs> he sets no boundaries on his love. Thank you. Do you understand, Fitz? Only to do you understand? Uh, okay, let's take a deep breath. <sighs> oh shit! Um, the fool explains that they did not need to have this conversation that was so ultimately awkward, and uh, knowing that Fitz would have reacted this way, um, he'd rather have not had it. Um, but you know, he did it, and now we're all just sitting around awkwardly staring at each other. And the fool learns that Fitz sucks too much to ever gift the fool with flowers. Um, so basically, the fool, uh, not Lord Golden, has a true fangirl who has been giving him flowers. And the flowers were uh, black and white, and that's, that's a tell, because those are the fool's original colors. Um, but that's kind of an oh shit situation, because... Um, that's another identity that is potentially uh, compromised there. Um, so, <laughs> so this is kind of the chapter of secret identity. These are going back to my Superman analogy. This is the Clark Kent <laughs> is Superman uh, chapter. Um, but now the tri the situation cannot be properly unfucked, and this horrible exchange definitely <laughs> happened, and fits. Just described queer love as fucking unnatural. So I think I'm being completely reasonable in saying that this is quintessential Fitz suck moment. And probably his worst yet. And uh, then Jake runs into Fitz in the hall and apologizes how she was so deeply mistaken about their relationship. And to properly tell Fitz that he can eat shit and die for hurting the fool. Which was appropriate reaction. And I'm kind of starting to like this, Jake. Um, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> Who the fuck is Jake? <laughs> just, just when you thought this awkward chapter should be at a close, it is not. There is actually more. We learn that Princess Ketty is issuing uh, a Witted Are People 2 campaign where she forces people to sign documents that basically say as much. People who disobey are to be banished. There's some more politics about respecting dukes and uh, marrying off royalty to outsider blood, blah, 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 blah. Most important is that Ketty's proposal via royal proclamation that any witted folk, old blood, can come to court to seek asylum and she'll listen to them and protect them. But Fitz is like, but why? And then later, Fitz asks Shade why uh, he shouldn't tell him about the pie, why he didn't tell him about the piebald note earlier, calling him out as the bastard. And Shade is like, your rage mode is, is so ridiculous. So yeah, man, I lied. Duh. And then he admits that he probably shouldn't have shared it at all. Ah, well, they discuss wit spies, the rat, civil, etc. And Fitz explains he's reconsidered about Nettle being taught the skills. So that's a, that's 
a big thing for Fitz. And then the chapter ends with a visit with Ketty. And the question is, what are we going to do about Nettle? And Ketty adds a new angle to this issue that Fitz had not yet considered. Um, if the line of verity fails, Nettle is a viable, if not the best, farseer heir and must be prepared as such. Wait, what? Huh? Didn't think of that. Didn't think of that. And I have to be fair to Fitz, I didn't think of it either. So. <laughs> Yeah. Fitz blows so fucking hard in this chapter. It is hard <laughs> to hard it's to hard to read. Accept yeah. it, hard to read for sure, but also like yeah. hard to accept him moving forward in the other chapters. Yeah. He's infuriating for sure. He's terrible. He's the worst. It was he was so cruel and also closed minded and just all of all of the things. I I I felt like I felt like this I was kind of reading it and I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like this is Fitz. It felt very, it felt like, it felt like Fitz should have just never have said anything. I don't know why. It's almost like he was compelled to have a confrontation. I I feel like his, his, his modus operandi is, is denial. So why, why did he, why did he have to have this, this out? I don't know. I guess right. he, I it's think it's not he... as if it was being brought out into the open. It's not as if anyone it's not as if like the fool was making moves or you know, it Yeah. He he's basically like, I miss the harmless flirting, so I'm going to make myself not miss <laughs> it by, you know, hauling out wrecking it and completely Yeah, by hauling out all this this stuff that I know and that you know that we don't talk about because we know that I don't feel like that. And it's just I like, also Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I also think it stems from jealousy, though, too, with the whole yeah. Jack Amber situation. Oh, yeah. Like, he just felt like he had to get back at him in some way to make him feel as miserable as maybe he was feeling, but he, like, it just downward, downward spiraled really fucking fast. I mean, he definitely gets very upset when he finds new facets of the fool that are not ones that he knows, because then he just questions everything. Yeah. Because he's a moron. But... But then his I mean, just straight of... up homophobia is unreal. Oh god, that's painful. I really wish they just I wish Buckkeep was more progressive. They've got they've got like women guards and they apparently are on equal footing with the male guards and there doesn't seem to be like, you know, the same patriarchal problems, you know, that we have and yet here's a situation where, you know, you thought the witted was, you know, the gay of being gay of 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 Buckheap, not actually being gay of Buckheap. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> the the general homophobia in Buckheap is extremely infuriating as well. I agree. Yeah. Especially because, like, I mean, I guess other people express that too, but like Fitz just goes so hard with it. It's like, calm down, man. It also seems to be kind of antithetical to the kind of like more on what Joey was saying that like the kind of culture that they have because they this is like a this is a culture that bathes together works together they don't seem to have like gendered professions and like they don't have any lines but suddenly they have these lines and I mean if you look at people like Patience and Lacey like they're not getting in trouble no one's dragging them down the hallway and I, I don't I mean I don't know if they're in a relationship but it certainly seems like it to me oh they're gay 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but you. But <laughs> in the world of in the world of homophobia, two men loving each other is way scarier than two women loving right. each other because there's always the fantasy of the lesbian. You know, like it's never right. going to be it's sexualized as harshly as male right gay couples. Well, and I think that's also like maybe what's rooted in this is is to what Jenny was saying is that Fitz doesn't kn- feels like he doesn't know where he stands with the fool because he doesn't know if the fool is a man or a woman and I think that maybe he just wants to ask that and he's trying to in the worst possible yeah, way. Yeah, and he's trying to force yeah. a situation in which the fool could be like, "Well, actually." But then what do you get out of that? Fitz when F- if you find you know what I mean? Like what do you get yeah. from these definitions? Fitz like, is Fitz is scared that he'll fall hard for Amber. Uh, <laughs> like I think maybe a little bit. I, yeah. I mean the the way the way I read it was that he was upset about like he felt it was a breach of trust that he didn't know anything about this Amber. That's true. And then he 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 kind of has rage issues on oh, multiple yeah. accounts, <laughs> kind of, kind like of, yeah, understand <laughs> all the time. And he just taken this elf bark, which makes you depressed, which yep. he has yeah. not taken in a long time. Yeah. And so he's like getting back into the drugs, you know, and <laughs> he, it's, I think it like all just kind of happened at the same time. And it was, he, he was much shittier than, I mean, it, this is well, obviously going to be one of those things that he's going to regret immediately. Yeah. But. He, he made cruel comments to people when he was on elf bark on the skill road as well. He did. Yeah. He's just crouchy asshole. He's like starting this whole tirade and he's like, I'm on elf bark right now. This is not going to be good, but here I go. (laughs) I've been drinking. I've been drinking, but here I go. (laughs) I don't know. It's just sad because clearly the fool, you know, respects him and, and would never cross those lines if he, you know, because Fitz is not comfortable with that. Yeah. And like, it's like we don't have the to have this conversation. Is... I'm not going to push anything on you, and yet here right, yeah, it's not like that... he's like sneaking into his room and trying to like diddle him in the night or something. Like yeah. Jesus, <laughs> but I still question. Like this whole conversation makes me question, like what the fool actually wants out of this relationship if he could have it. He wants to be close to Fitz. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah, but like because Fitz keeps bringing up the sex thing, and it's just it confuses me. Well, I think that because I don't, I think the implication is is that if Fitz made a move, the fool would go with it. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> that's, that's how I read it. Only if Fitz made that move, right? Otherwise, right. The fool is very content to have to you know to be best friend, soulmate, whatever, like whatever yeah. platonic soulmates. platonic soulmates. Yes. So, All right. Here's my here's my question. Do are the is this an androgynous race, or does this race of people the, the the that that the fool is are they are they are they are they gendered or or like do they? I have don't think sex? it's clear. We don't. I've I think asked that's that the question, question before, but it's yeah, we don't know. Like, there's just yeah. not enough information for us to know. Hmm. Gonna have to table that, Joey. Nope. <laughs> but I do like the. The line that Joey messed up. Uh, <laughs> that he, that he sets no, no boundaries on his love because Fitz is like, I love you within the bounds of friendship. Yeah. And the fool is just like, I set no boundaries on my love. I yeah. want that on like a pin, a t-shirt, a tote bag, a tattoo, like everywhere. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Right, Jenny, let's that. go. 
<laughs> it's not. I think. I think. What the, I think what the fool's saying is even deeper because it's like, it isn't a sexual attraction. It isn't no, like it, yeah. it. It isn't limited by that. It's like you know. It's more than that. It's a well, pansexual it's like, sentiment. Fitz, it's like love is sex is marriage, and the right. fool is like right. no. Right. He no, just no, doesn't love have love. that concept. He's just like yeah. He has very narrow focus on what that is, which is why he has so much trouble with like you know casual sex because he's just like. If it's not this one thing, then it's not right. And the fool points out that he still has casual sex, though. That's the thing. Like, I thought that was a really interesting part of their argument, where he's like, you are just betting people like you're taking a shit. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm i not doing that shit. <laughs> I like, yeah. I really appreciate the fact that the fool, like, stands up for themselves, like, really, really strongly to Fitz when all this goes down, because... It was a moment where he could have just, like, walked away, and he didn't. No, he called him out. Yeah, Yeah, well, because I think, I don't think that Fitz, I think Fitz responds to that more. Like, the fool knows Fitz enough to to know that the wolf in him would not allow that, right? Like, they're gonna, you have to stand up for yourself. That's the only way to set that boundary. And that's something that that Fitz has always broken. Whether it's going into the fool's room without permission or making demands on on them, and like just expecting, you know, it's like it's like the fool has saved your life. The fool has nursed you. Like, and suddenly you're mad because some shit kid that nobody likes is spreading rumors. Like, right? It's talk about talk about lack of trust and like disappointment. He just has trouble accepting the fact that the fool has shared all of this with him, and he just, I just, I mean, I think because, you know, the fool often speaks in riddles and and doesn't, you know, communicate as plainly as Fitz would like, I think he just doesn't believe that he has shared all of that with him when he, like, he's told him things that he's never told anybody, and Fitz just, like, doesn't remember that that happened. Where he just doesn't trust right, it. Right, like, and then you know my like, true well, name. There's this and this Go and this. Go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he's told him about, you know, where he comes from. He's told him his true name. He's told him about, you know, his childhood. Like, and Fitz is just like, I don't know you at all. But also, like, they're so fighting. And he's like, can you make me place. a whistle? Yeah, I can make you a whistle. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> well, no, he's smart. He asked first. Like, can you keep doing me favors? Yeah. All right. It's... I, I I do wonder though why why the fool withholds information. I mean, I think that's something that has come up recently. I would say that... it's probably Cause... because he doesn't think Fitz can fucking handle it, and by this chapter, we know that he can't. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Like if the fool showed up and was like, "Oh, hey, Fitz, I've been masquerading as a woman for the past, you know, several like past couple years," Fitz would be like, "What?" Well, that Rain and like the fool didn't intend to come back. Remember, Amber was like, "I'm not going True. back," and Paragon told Amber to go back. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, there was like a whole conversation that they had. So, like every, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, Fitz, but every decision that the fool makes isn't about you. Like, what the whole world revolves around him? What are you talking about? <laughs> but I, he is I mean, his catalyst. To, to that end, I do think that the fool probably doesn't share certain information because he needs fits on a cer- certain path. Mm-hmm. And sure. if he did share yeah. certain information, then it would probably like he mess that up. He so. says he says he can't trust what he does. He he. It's like yeah. He's like he can't trust 
the information that he's meant to give until he feels like it, it's something he can right. share. So, right. but he, I mean, he's constantly misconstrued, though, like, all the time. Yeah. This this whole conversation is a misconstrued thing. Like, I'm in love with you. Ugh. In love equals <laughs> sex. Well, that I don't care stuff, about that. Yeah. I don't care about that at all. Like, if you wanted that, I would do it. But I just love you. And he's like, right, Ugh, exactly. Sex. Exactly. Ugh. Right. It's like whatever you, whatever we, whatever you need, I'll give you. But uh, you know, I because I love you. That's really right. The end of that. And, and maybe the fool was like, hey, if I, I didn't plan on coming back, and I was living in a woman as a woman, and if I tell you that, you're gonna be like, that's weird, and you're deviant, and. You're not going to talk to me and I'm not going to be able to steer you where I need you to go. And like, that's a calculated move. And, you know, Fitz is the only person who doesn't actually think about why they do the things that they, everyone else is being somewhat like calculating, right? Like there's like shade levels of it. And then there's everyone else. It's like, well, if I tell you this, then like, here's the consequences. Whereas Fitz like consequences, what are those? I don't. I don't acknowledge this. I just do. I mean, you know, it's like because you could tell a normal person, like, "Hey, I was, you know, I took on this role of this woman because of what the fool tells Mm -hmm. him is like, you know, it was for these strategic purposes because people would talk to me and and that kind of thing." But like, because like Fitz is not a normal person, it's like you can't tell him that, and he can't like accept that as logic. He's just like, oh my god, this this whole person that you created that I don't know. Right, and I think that, you know, sometimes you don't tell your friends things because, you know, it will hurt their feelings. And saying, hey, I have a whole other life that I didn't really plan on ever having you part of, that hurts their feelings. Like, maybe it's shitty, but it's legitimate. You know, it's a legitimate choice. Yeah. Yeah, he's just fucking sucks. And and Jack and having and so, and like the fact that like the fool actually went and did all the things that Fitz asked him to do, which is like track down Jack, get the story straight, like uh, Oh I know. That made it so much oh god. Yeah. I don't like you go say it to people, you fuck. Yeah, you go tell her. <laughs> You're the one who has a problem with it. <laughs> do you mean Jake? Yeah, Jake. Jake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like that um, hot tall dude. So the posies that uh, that the fool wore on the little date in the wall, and those were from the maid. Yeah, so the maid is in the no no. Uh oh. Keep an eye on her. Uh oh. Hopefully, Fitz doesn't murder her for right. Knowing for so. daring to have interest in someone he has no interest in whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> is, Stop sending flowers to the... my not boyfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is that the the same girl that was had the hots for the fool and he was mean to her way back yes. when? Yes. Or is it yeah. okay? Seriously? Oh yeah. shit! I'm gonna call back. Yep. 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 So he was also infuriating in this chapter with the whole nettle thing. Oh, yeah. As usual. He's like, I liked that he, like, didn't get upset at Shade when Shade presented him with logic. And he was like, oh, look, people expect this of me and I just confuse them by not reacting. (laughs) And then he was like, I know, I'll use the same tactic about nettle. And then he totally just does the same thing he always does with nettle, where he's just like, 
like, I'll be your skill master, but this means that you can't have metal. And it's like, oh, God, again? Really? Come on. <laughs> it's, it's like you're not going to win, Fitz. You don't have... Just let it go. You suck. <laughs> it's just like he thinks he has all these things that they want from him. And it's like, okay, yeah, you kind of do, but they also have most of your, like, most of what they want from you already. They have it. You did it. Like, like he's already being a skill master. Yeah, you're already <laughs> doing, doing the things. Doing it. All right, we got to move on to chapter sixteen. Uh, so chapter sixteen is called Fathers. Um, the intro talks about how the best time to visit the Jamelian port for trade is when the Great Sail Fleet comes once every three years, and apparently they have the best stuff. Do we know who this Great Sail Fleet even is? Because I'm confused. Um, <laughs> no, where do they come from? So, Other continent. They come to Boston no, every know. eight years. <laughs> they bring tea <laughs> yeah um so lord golden is once again feeling better only now he's more tan nothing a few dragon skills can't cover up uh unfortunately for fitz the fool is ghosting him and all he gets is a very formal method acting lord golden <laughs> and he says quote the gulf that opened up inside my soul at this isolation surprised me does it fitz in any case it's all your fault to deal with it uh, the fool still shows up for Thick, though, making him his red whistle on a green string, but Lord Golden has no idea what Tom Badgerlock is even talking about when he thanks him for it. Still, the whistle gives Fitz some confidence to suddenly try and actually be a skill master now that the lizard boy is gone as well. So he skills to his students to get them to come. Dutiful shows up first to the skill tower, and Fitz tries to explain that he only accidentally put a skill command on him on the beach when Dutiful was actively trying to kill him. <laughs> And the prince is still super unhappy about it, and now has major trust issues. Uh, there's a little time to discuss it, though, because Thick shows up to get his whistle. There's a bit of drama over the rights to Thick's music, but in the middle of trying to settle it all out of court, Dutiful has to go and make things worse by opening up his mouth. And he and Thick are about to skill blast each other into oblivion before Fitz skill commands them to stop. Did I mention that Dutiful has trust issues now? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in the skill tower, Dutiful and Thick are students, and Skillmaster Tom Badgerlock is in charge. And yes, dutiful, this is going to be your coterie. Deal with it. Uh, then a page shows up at the door with a message that is eventually revealed to be for Fitz, and he races off into the walls to go spy through his people onto Ketrickin's chambers, which is a bit weird, uh, because Birch's son, Swift, not Nim, has arrived, and guess what? He's witted, so Birch is not happy about it, of course. And since Ketrickin has been proclaiming all over the place that the witted are safe at Buckheap, Swift ran away from home to seek asylum. However, since Swift clearly doesn't live up to his name and took the scenic route to the castle, Birch is right behind him, storming into the room. And oh look, Fitz, your past is catching up with you. So then comes, like, my other infuriating moment in this section where Fitz just watches through the walls as Birch cries over his death and fully blames himself for letting it happen, for letting him die as, like, a beast man. Oh, and he's not blaming himself, he's blaming the wit, which of course is making Swift's life miserable. And he's even still got Shrewd's pin that he took off that random forge guy in Fitz's shirt <laughs> and he's, that he assumed is his dead body. And instead of doing something about it, Fitz just sits there on his tiny stool inside the walls and lets his pseudo-father be miserable. And then, like, once once he leaves, Ketrick and Shade just, like, stare at the wall and they're like, Your move, Fitz, <laughs> but please do something about this. <laughs> and, of course, he doesn't. So... He traipses back through the walls to find Lord Golden and just flat out tells him everything. And then I just liked his response. He's like, that's an interesting bit of gossip. This Birch, he was stable master here at one time. 
Was he not? I don't believe I've ever met him, so the fool knows how to hold a grudge, and I support him in this. Um, so Fitz broodingly heads off to Buckkeep Town, watches Hap carry tools, thinks it's probably for the best that Jonah's shop is closed to him, otherwise he would have slept there again. And then he goes to the stuck pig, where he gets into a big fight with Swanya's father, who is pissed that Fitz's son is fucking his little girl. I like that he actually said that word. They have that word. So, <laughs> yes, they do. Damn. Wow, Rory, calm down. Anyway, they get dragged outside by the city guard and Hap's there and horrified. They pay some fines and then Fitz and Hap have a heart-to-heart. Hap is angry because now that Fitz has gone to assault Svanya's father, he'll never be able to make peace with him now. I'm like, come on, Hap, what's a little assault between in-laws? It just makes the holidays more exciting. <laughs> so Fitz just blames it all on Hap for rushing into bed with Svanya and Hap is all, but she's my true love forever and not everyone's like you, Tom. Burn. Shit. And Fitz is all, I've known love. And he's probably talking about Molly, but he also gives Hap this piece of advice. Love doesn't require betting to make it true. Uh, so, wait a that's minute. clearly about the fool. Uh, <laughs> he sucks. So anyway, sucks. Fitz, is just a, Fitz is about to just write Hap off and neglect him more than he already has been. But then Hap is pleading with him that he's really trying now and he'll keep his grades up. And he promises. So they say they love each other and paper over that crack for now. Um, so then he's heading back to the castle and he sees Burge and Burge doesn't see him and sigh. I just want to get on with that part. And then he goes back to his rooms and checks in with Lord Golden. He mentions his revelation about love and betting and there's the slightest of thaws. <laughs> not really. Uh, and now Fitz is thoroughly exhausted and decides it's time for, it's nap time, but Nettle has other ideas interrupting him with skill crying, but Fitz assures her her father and brother are on their way back home, and then he accidentally lets slip that he knows her father, so way to go. Um, Thick thanks him for making Nettle stop crying, and then he's just trying to finally get some much-needed sleep until the mysterious skill voice interrupts him and tells him not to dream so loud. And he and she wonders what he is and what he means to her. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this chapter. Yeah, they sneak a lot of stuff in there. It's like, oh, he's going back to Bucky Town? What? Sorry. Wouldn't it have been funny if, like, Fitz Kool-Aid manned out of the wall? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm totally hey, Burge, I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, drink me. I thought uh, I was dead. Would that have been, like, a Jerry Springer moment? <laughs> I think Burge would have seen Birch and Shade both would have been like, or not Birch, uh, Shade and Ketrick would have been like, oh! <laughs> I had no idea he was there. Why? Oh. He's been spying us on the wall. Yeah, how was he supposed He's... to come out of the fucking wall? They were like looking at the wall. A we were both looking at the same door. shitty painting. I don't yeah, think he probably. could come out of the wall. It was just like but a that, people. That, wouldn't you want to keep that secret, though? I mean, it's no, but Birch had already gone. They were just looking at the mm, wall. True. What are you talking about? No, they were saying they they would call Birch back if he came out. Yeah. And he yeah, can go back and go through stay. the toilets and come out. Yeah, there's a toilet he can enter through somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did at least get excited that, like, you know, Birch was showing up because at least we're getting, like, slightly closer to some kind of confrontation about all this. Because it's, like, 
frustratingly slow. But just like, you know, these are th- th- Fitz's decisions. He thinks that like his decisions for himself make everyone's lives easier, but he has absolute proof from Birch's own mouth and from Swift's own mouth that his decisions made those particular lives more difficult. And mm-hmm. he's just like, whatever. It's fine. Meanwhile, you know, he's still denying Nettle, like, yeah. her, you know, skill training, so she's just crying every night. Yeah. And so not getting trained. Sucks. Her life yeah, is like better these, this way, crying every these, night. These weird twit. Wasn't there something in here about, like, weird twists of logic that only make sense in his mind or something? <laughs> I mean, like, I understand his point of view. Yeah, I mean, but- it is pretty, yeah, it's pretty awkward. I mean, like, I understand that he doesn't, like, you know, after all of that, he didn't want to go and be like, hey, I'm alive, and, like, now I'm going to wreck your lives right now. Like, well, I, think, I kind of I think also is get he that. Has, he is truly afraid that if he does tell people he's still alive, that he's, they're not going to be as happy or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's like, not going to get oh, the reaction yeah, okay. that he wants. So I think it's really more about his own insecurities about being rejected because he has yeah. the fear of abandonment from you know his everything every choice he makes is <laughs> so i mean he just like abandons himself exactly. instead but yeah <laughs> i mean th- i mean i i do get it yeah. but it is very frustrating there's a part of him that thinks that birch is just going to give up on molly because fitz comes back 15 years later <laughs> But like, he doesn't think about the like, fact that Molly would not. My amazing penis will will get Molly to come back to me. Well, his penis was first, Joey. So that's how that works. Yeah, but first Molly left his ass because he was a fucking clown, which he yeah seems he seems to not like, remember. Oh, hey, <laughs> and they've had like what four kids? Oh, they have like yeah, seven kids. They have Nettle, yeah, and then they have like anymore. a whole fucking half dozen boys, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember all their names. It's but... his old dead news to Molly. Yeah. He just yeah, doesn't she's want gonna to be like, that. "Well, there's my ex." <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess yeah, he's the father of my firstborn, but whatever. Maybe he's like, maybe he... he knows that. Maybe he knows that he could high like, school show sweetheart who gives not... a shit anymore. They're right? gonna be like, "Well, I still prioritize myself and my husband over your bullshit." So, have fun. That would kill fit. He just, like, strolled up with his, you know, boyfriend the fool on his arm and was like, hey, Molly, what's up? I'm alive, you know? <laughs> Problem solved. We've talked about how, like, we think that Fitz has all trouble with casual sex because he want he needs to be in, like, in love and have that, like, emotional connection. And yet everyone around him is like, you're kind of a man slut. He is having <laughs> casual sex right now. Well, he's having casual he sex, is, but he's, he's got a lot of issues it. with it. But he's still yeah. having workmanlike casual sex right now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna make. I'm making. That's what you guys are all getting for Christmas. So I'm gonna learn to needlepoint. I'm changing my address <laughs> and name. Workmanlike casual sex. <laughs> workmanlike manner. Oh. That's what you I, need to I, name your new house. <laughs> workmanlike I, manner. It's like he's only doing it because he feels like he should. <laughs> or that yeah, he's, he's like, craving connections with people and because he's isolated right. himself. He... But then because it's not the connection that he yeah. really wants, he's just like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> but I guess I'll take it anyway. Uh, <laughs> he needs, if All anybody right, is, like, prime candidate for, like, therapy, 
<laughs> he needs so much therapy. Good lord. Yeah, he's I should miss Molly, who we fought all the time, and I couldn't tell her anything that was truthful. Yeah, speaking Man, of like I miss not that telling so people much. the whole right. of your personality or not I would, sharing. I would like for Molly and the Fool to have a conversation. Oh, oh right? <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, he's upset with you because you haven't told him every detail of your life? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Does he doesn't tell anyone every detail of his nope. life not even the fool. no he's he's such a fucking hypocrite because he does the same goddamn thing yeah he sucks it's just that like the fool kind of knows more of him than anybody because else the fool can, so I guess like, he has feels... magical powers so right yeah but, like, he also, as the fool has said like he knows more about the fool than anybody else does he just doesn't accept that yeah it's not enough I, um, I got really uh, kind of upset that Birch, Birch's knee is really shitty still. Like, to the point where you can hear it. Yeah. Well, it's not going to get better with yeah. age. No, I know, but it's just it's, it's just a sad realization that, yeah, he's and just he going to get shittier. he did just walk all the way to Buckheath. Yeah, he's, he like, ready to leave. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. <laughs> he's a whole That's why man. he got there so fast, unlike his swift son. Yeah, who definitely walked. Also, the the audiobook reader gives this narrator gives the the Baruch the same voice as Fonja's father, which is not. <laughs> I didn't notice. It's like this this oafish guy that's just like <laughs> old and same. shitty, and maybe had a beer. Just Aww, not good. Baruch deserves better than that. Yeah, I was like, come on, give him a little bit more respect. This is not some town idiot. Sonya's father was a lot in this chapter. He's <laughs> oh like, your son is fucking my daughter. She's He's ruined her. Hate all of you. Yeah. I'm gonna murder you now. It's like, I well, if the like, town well, didn't know she was fucking somebody, they do know. Everyone. <laughs> but also now I see why Spanya wants to move out of her father's house. <laughs> oh my god, right? She needs her to dad is a queen. I just, can you imagine, You can you imagine being like, I don't know, like 17, 18 and like fucking your boyfriend or whatever and then your dad goes to the local bar and gets in a fight and screams at everyone about your sex life? Like, I just, I mean, I get that it's <laughs> That's awful. like, culture, but damn. The one your thing dad. I think, the only thing that fits that in this whole chapter, I was like, good for him, was, hap, was like, you made it so he'll never love me or like, I'll never be able to fix things with her family. And he's like, not player. You did that yourself because you fucked her. <laughs> like, yeah, I have nothing to do with that. Even if I did fight him, he's like, gosh, uh, uh, I'm so glad Molly had no living family. Yeah. basically. <laughs> At least her, her, her father was like an alcoholic on the verge of death. He did die. That's, that's <laughs> the way to die. do it. That's why Can she we talked about the, the revelation of love doesn't require betting to make it true. Oh. He didn't it's even like hear he's like having he's he he's like having like yeah. yeah like a uh, like he a was like I set no boundaries on my love. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that he that when he gets back he's like oh I told half this and he's and the fool's like Good did you, he believe asshole. it and he's like oh I think he will in time and he's like. Oh yes, these things do take time. He's like, oh, he's like, <laughs> still waiting. And do you think oh, the fool's like? Idiot. I wonder if that actually happened, or if he just can't talk about his own feelings, so he's making up a story where he talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> like so it. I was talking to my friend. 
I feel like I feel like the fool doesn't believe that half actually yeah. exists at this point because he's never met him. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, Hap, your son. <laughs> yeah, wasn't Hap? Wasn't Hap at Springfest or Summerfest when uh, when Lord Golden was there at the cottage? Am I talking? Uh, to no, him? yes, he was. He was off trying to work to earn. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't even. Yeah. Back when Hap I mean, also complained about bedding, working for but... pay, he got back and he was like, "I worked real hard, but they wouldn't give me any money, Tom." <laughs> I worked real hard, but I have no money. But hey, now he gets to carry tools. I liked when when Fitz saw him and he's like, oh, he's carrying tools. I wonder if that means he got promoted or if he just like gets, he's just finally doing his work. He started it. I know. I love that he said that. He's I like, mean, I, I don't, I don't really out. know if sharing all of your own youthful indiscretions with your children helps. Like, I don't, th- I don't know if that undermines the authority or if it would be a connecting point. I, I really don't know what the the science is on that, but it feels like maybe just a little bit more sharing of his own experiences with. Hap. I mean, because like Hap doesn't know who Tom is either. Like. No, he has no idea. He's just like this random dude I was living with on a in a tiny cabin, and he stuck me in the corner and was like, "You'll live here." Yeah, when he says I've known years. love, he probably thinks he means Starling, and that it's like you got to fix that. Fits. <laughs> it's like it's like don't worry, Hap. I've had marriage sex too. It was great. I've had marriage. sex. <laughs> and now you're married. I've had marriage, marriage married. sex. Mm. I've had marriage sex, and then I lost her because I'm a fucking moron, and I don't want the same thing to happen to you. I did. I did appreciate when when Hap was like, "Oh, love, I would do. He, he, I would do anything for for this love." And 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 it was described as being something a mintrel would have sang, and like Fitz was like, "Nah, bitch, like this is." He's like, you sound like a fucking idiot. He's like, you can wait, though. Like, you can actually wait. And it's fine. Could you, could you imagine him telling him all about Molly and then being like, I promise I will not marry Svanya. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. At the very end of it, when he, one of the voices talks to him again. Oh, yes. One of the skill voices. Yes. And we well, don't get a whole lot out of them. But they do refer, they say, um, a her, she, I forget who it is, that they refer to Fitz as a little man, and what are (laughs) you, and what do you mean to me, which is very dragon-ish. I'm just going to put that out there. Mm -hmm. Baby man. (laughs) (laughs) I just like when she tells him not to dream so loud. She's like, shut the fuck up, you little speck, which is exactly what Tintaglio (laughs) would say. But that was actually way nicer than what Tintaglia would say. But also, if it is Tintaglia, Tintaglia is very far away. I don't think it's Tintaglia. I think it's like one of Tintaglia's peeps. One, one of her, her stunted worms. One of. Uh, but they're all like sickly or like and dead, dead dragons, dragons of yore. I don't know. A dragon that got lost in the skill. A skill dragon. We've got stone dragons, real dragons. And I don't know. We know that there's the skill river. We know that dragons used to drink the skill drink. We know that there's the voices inside of the skill thing. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
just trying to figure it out, you guys. Yep, yep. I wish I could talk to you about it. I don't. I are wish they I could dead? Help. I don't think they're dead elderlings. I don't know. Did I tell you guys I that I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> did you tell? Did I tell you that I've read these books and I don't? Know? <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> No, see, Jenny is barely a rereader. She, like, only remembers, like, three scenes and not even the whole scene. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And we've and already had those three scenes. scenes. Yeah, we've already hit those scenes. So it's all new. No, there are scenes I remember from the last book as well. Okay. <laughs> sort of, maybe. I think we talked about it and you were like, that happened? Yeah. Like, the last book in this trilogy or the last book in this series? Both. <laughs> I remember a lot more of the the last trilogy because it's been more recently that I read it. Right. It's just that I read these ten years ago, and so I do not remember anything. Okay. And I can attest that I also did not remember anything in 2015 when we did that piebald cast. Yes. Because <laughs> I listened to it, and I was like, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's talking with my voice? <laughs> well, no, no, no. I said on that podcast that I didn't remember <laughs> So, in 2015, I still did not remember, and it had been less time since I had read these books last. It's so. definitely gone. Barely a Not in there. <laughs> uh, next up is chapter 17, Explosions. This chapter <laughs> opens with a report from one of Shade's spies aboard the Narcheska ship as they journey home. How did they send messages from a boat, I wonder? But describing a long and taxing journey that they are told is punishment from the pale woman for their failures, it also notes that Hengja does not appear to be on board. So weirdly enough, we come to Fitz's point of view as he's reading this very missive, being quite judgy about the penmanship and ease of the <laughs> cipher. And he can't sleep and his face is sore, so he's in his tower, quote-unquote, and I ask, when did it become Fitz's tower and not Shade's? I had that question. <laughs> oh. While Fitz makes himself some tea, Shade arrives. And listener, I want you to give this entrance the kind of dark brown energy it deserves. <laughs> An old man with a reddened face and burnt eyebrows, hair sticking straight up, slams into the room, yelling, I can't hear you! It blew up! I can't hear you! My ears are ringing! It's as if my stepfather has boxed them for me. So, Marie. interesting. But after not hearing Fitz's continued pointless commentary, uh, <laughs> Shade asks if he's ugly now, and it's good to see that he still has his vanity. But when Fitz asks if his apprentice is okay, and Shade uh, replies well, that she is fine, and Fitz is le shocked. A woman? A woman spy? A woman spy assassin? A woman? So, I've been replaced by a girl. To which I can only respond, yes, Fitz, as all mediocre men should be. Ooh! Sick burn! Good job, Fitz. Damn! Just really, he's doing so great this section. Marty! Where are you? Okay, after a bit more of who's on first with Fitz and Shade, Shade goes to bed and Fitz goes to Verity's Tower to wait through the early morning for Dutiful to arrive for his skill lesson. When he does, he's mad that he has to learn the skill alongside a half-wit, and I sure hope Thick hands this cocky boy his ass soon. Uh, then Dutiful notices that Fitz has left the statue that he found at the beach out for him to reclaim, 
And he says that it's Elianya, only not at 12 years old. Uh, she's womanly and topless. She's endowed. She's adult, Elianya. Uh, the two of them stared for a while, thinking about NC-17 Elianya and Buch. <laughs> yes, the beach is magic. Yes, Doodles, you nearly died there because you're not, a good at, not as good at the skill as you thought. So maybe you should learn something and stop staring at the naked lady statue. <laughs> she gets hot, though. Oh, and Fitz Movies. remembers the feathers that he found and still hasn't given to the fool, so, huh. We are saved from an extended session of the being in the Skill River at the beach when Thick arrives. Poor Thick is still dirty and neglected, and while the prince blames him for it, Fitz is beginning to understand that it isn't Thick's fault. Thick complains that Shocking. that girl is crying again, and he calls Fitz dog stink, and Dutiful complains about being excluded from the skill convo that they're having, and also about Thick's ever-present skill music. So when he tries to command Thick to stop, Thick is all, but we're both students here, which is correct. And so Fitz actually asks nicely. And when Thick stops his music, Dutiful exclaims that the whole great river of skill that he could sense all the time seems to just have been Thick's song. So get the fuck out, Doodles. You're in a remedial skill class. <laughs> <laughs> We learn a lot about Thick in this conversation, that his mother used the skill to hide him as a child so that he could pickpocket, and also that his mother was older when he was born and that she has since died. We learn that Thick is regularly robbed and bullied, and oh yeah, he's taking money from people to watch Fitz. <laughs> Record scratch? Wow. So Thick brought someone's wit rat into the castle walls. Thick is spying on Fitz for the piebalds. Anyways, after this, Doodles has to go hang out with Sybil, and it's boring, and I'm skipping it. On his castle walkabout, Fitz runs into a serving woman taking supplies for bad burns to Lady Rosemary. Reeling from the revelation that the fucking little bitch Rosemary is Fitz's replacement, we are forced to endure Fitz's super awkward invitation to Shade via a page that won't leave him alone to play a game of loud wine with Lord Golden. And wow, not your best work there, Fitzy. <laughs> Anyways, it works out, and Shade shows up promptly to hear the deets. He yells at the fool and Fitz for icing each other out. Enough. I won't tolerate any nonsense. <clears throat> same, Shade. Same. So yeah, the piebalds are around and up to some shit, and they plan around that for a while. Fitz wants to go kill everyone nonchalant, and Shade goes, stop showing off for the fool, which is a zinger. Shade's face is on fire! They decide to watch and Literally. wait. The fool gives Shade some cold cream. The ice is a bit thawed, and we get some fits in the fool convo. Oddly, about the statue of Elianya and the magical import of the beach, the fool says that Outlander women do the bare breast reveal when they come of age. So cool. But the thaw doesn't last long. The chapter ends ominously with Shade forgetting his code words, which makes me sad. So I kind of always suspected that the, the the little well after we met Elianya and like hung out with her a little bit I thought that the charm was her but then it was one of those things where like I'd think of it and then I would immediately forget about it and then they finally brought it up in this chapter so I'm glad that makes a little sense but what does her, it mean like feet. okay so you found a statue of your fiance it means they're meant to be you don't think or that you don't think that that's going to end up moves. meaning anything? You don't think it's <laughs> just oh yeah. I just don't understand why finding a statue of someone means that they're meant to be. It just means that there's a statue of this person. <laughs> I don't 
don't know. If, if it's not that beach was it's where like people a went of them to have design. like the, you know the oracle and like finding out things about yourself. I don't. It could have something. We know that it is a magical Maybe. beach. It is a magical beach. The we know that he dis drain catch. We know that he disdains her as an annoying kid, and then he sees a statue of her as a hot adult. Mm-hmm. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird so, method. So fucked up. <laughs> it's like, oh, just wait. She'll get hot boobs later. Yeah, and yeah. then she has and to present them. She will show them, them to you. <laughs> to you in the world. Can you imagine if that's like all females? I'm sure we're not far off. I'm sure that's going to become a thing. Don't I hope our podcast doesn't get too popular and then people are like, yes, all women must now bear their breasts. Hey, I'm, I'm, not wanna, I'm, I'm ready for that future. <laughs> Men can walk around grotesquely without a shirt. Exactly. Why can't I? <laughs> <laughs> you can in New York. Well, I wouldn't yeah. want to in New York. Yeah. <laughs> I I wouldn't I don't want to and haven't in New York. You're lost. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I just need to go outside bare chest. Yeah, you just need to just put it out there. Anyways, Thick is spying for the piebalds because they gave him pennies. And this just goes back to when Fitz said that he offered his loyalty to people for nothing. Hmm. And so did, so did Thick. Yeah, but they weren't mean. I don't think they were particularly nice. They weren't mean like But Fitz yeah, they weren't, people. I guess they weren't beating him, but other people were taking his pennies. Yeah. It just it sucks to be him. It's like there's all this evidence that he's being abused, and no one's doing anything about it. Like, does Shade not pay him? That's what like, I I, I put that in my section. I have a rant about that because I'm like, it's really unacceptable yeah. that Shade has put this person in his employ and fails to acknowledge the fact that he is lacking such basic things like how to bathe himself properly or, or clothes that don't or have giant gaping holes in them. Haircut, yeah. right? <laughs> We'll we'll get to it. I, I'm saving it. It is it is kind of amazing that they didn't like at least tried to give him better clothes or like a room or something. Anything. I, I mean, I, I, I get maybe believe... not paying him because he's very seems very reluctant to even take money. He's like throws a fit if you try to give him Because people take it from him. Well, right. he actually, like, when money. Fitz offers him, he says, like, I'll give you money instead of you taking money from the piebalds. He's like, no, I want to work for my money. Right. He has pride and, and, and interest in social status. What do you feel about Rosemary? I think that she's a perfect... Yeah, it makes total sense. As soon as he was like, she, I'm like, oh, it's Rosemary. Damn it. But yeah, I mean, he went (laughs) out of his way in previous chapters, like, fits that of, like, keep your enemies close. So. Yeah, it makes sense. It's just, it's, it's, again, more of Fitz being ridiculous by being, like, a girl. Oh, my God. A girl. He was, he was homophobic. Then he was, you know, assaulting people. And now he's being a sexist. It's like, oh, well, we have a queen who has ladies in waiting. It makes total sense because she can go anywhere with the queen and it's not weird. (laughs) 
just, you know, kind of like how the fool is like, hey, being Amber was really useful. Yeah. What use has a woman except for me to put my dick in her? Jeez. Mm. It's weird, though, because, like, they have women in their army. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that didn't right, defeat. He has, like him. so much re- respect for Ketrikan and like Pod made all his all favorite stuff. swords. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, I can't. Like, it's just weird. I guess we have women in our army, and that <laughs> didn't defeat misogyny. <laughs> but they can also have like you know women rulers, and that's what's not the pay discrepancy in in bucket, <laughs> right? <laughs> they make it half as much as the <laughs> don't worry it's all God. volunteers <laughs> that, gla- that glass ceiling they just get rewarded in like red and naked steam rooms <laughs> oh, they get hair ribbons you know maybe That's the occasional rag for their period <laughs> on the house <laughs> You get that free. <laughs> Just, Just like out. a nun in the 14th century. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God. Ribbons and rag. This episode are probably going to be like, what is going on? <laughs> Please keep all of this in. <laughs> Rachel's like, it's going to be an hour and a half episode. Uh, <clears throat> well, I, do you want to move on to chapter 18? Speaking of. Wait, can we talk oh. about, can we talk about the part where Shade is like, stop being ridiculous yeah i loved them. that yeah and then they were like yeah, fine yeah but they still didn't talk to each other not really and i liked that the that fitz was just pissed off that the fool would like come out for shade but not for him and then he's just like maybe the fool's also just a persona and it's just i just don't know him at all who's under there well i'm glad that the fool taught the um shade how to draw on eyebrows because it's a skill that everybody <laughs> should <have. laughs> Especially Shades, since he keeps burning them off. Yeah. It's like, Shades makeover! It's not as good as Fitz's makeover. But also, here's, like, Shade exhibiting interest and uh, skill at, like, makeup and, like, weird shit that, like, Fitz would be like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. But, like, he respects Shade. That's girl stuff! (laughs) He respects Shade, though. It's just, you know, more of his double standards. He's got issues. Yes. All right, chapter 18. Chapter 18, Pink Sugar Cake, brought to you by Little Debbie. The intro teaches everyone how to play light as a feather, stiff as a board, skill edition. Step one, have them lay on the uncomfortable surface, but with a blanket underneath them because we're not animals. Step two, have them download the meditation app I use and follow the prompts. Step three, if they are dumb, they won't float, and if they are smart, they will float, and they'll be able to smell the wine across the room. Have fun playing at your next skill-themed slumber party. Fitzy gets to Verity's Tower, and Doodles has fulfilled the wish list uh, for Thick. He immediately throws out the red scarf and the knife, though, because um, those were the princes, and he thinks that they'll draw too much attention. Um, Doodles asks Fitz if he thinks that Laudwine has come to kill him. To which Fitz replies, it's possible, (laughs) which is very laughable. Uh, But Shade thinks that he is the part of the wooded delegation meeting the queen. So he's told Fitzy that he isn't allowed to kill him first. So you'll do nothing for now, asks Doodles. And I quote, 
Oh, I'll do a lot of things. I just won't go and immediately kill Lodwine. Full stop, end quote. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) On his way to deliver Thick's treats, Fitz ponders how Lodwine really does have the queen pinned in a corner. She can't levy charges against him for plotting against the Farseers without revealing that Doodles is witted. So that kind of cues the festering inside of Fitz. Um, Thick is hella hype when Fitz delivers off his treats. And, you know, you're either one of two kinds of people in life. You're the kind of person that, like, slowly unwraps your gifts and then savors the gifts. And then you just, like, you don't touch them and they're just precious. Or you're the kind of, like, savage beast that just, like, tears open all your presents and you're just, like, ripping open every cookie kind that you get. And we kind of learn, contrary to what I thought and I think fits, that um, Thick is very measured in his enjoyment. And he doesn't lay one goddamned finger on that pink sugar cake. Not one. He at least eats the raisins, um, you know, yay raisins. And also, <laughs> um, it seems his teeth yeah. are rotted out of his head, in addition to oh. him being smelly and threadbare. And this goes back to what we were just talking about, which really we just read through a few pages of how shitty Thick's life is. And he's never bathed because he's not really given the provisions or helped with it. He's definitely not taken a warm water bath with soap. His clothes are literal rags. His hair is overgrown and knotted. The poor kid has never washed his clothes because he only has one set. He doesn't even have undies, y'all. And I'm just kind of like, fuck this shit. How is Shade putting him in his employ and then overlooking this kind of stuff and not helping him with like some very basic needs? I think it's really fucked and I hate it. And I guess there's that. So, um... Fitz persuades Thick into a warm breath, and then he gives him a cozy robe, and he brushes his hair out. And much like me at the salon, Thick gets the warm and fuzzies, and he just lets his mental guard down a little bit. And Fitz plays the role of the gossipy hairstylist, slowly <laughs> pulling out the details of Thick's spying and rendezvous. And long story short, Thick has been threatened to provide details to um, Lodwine and his crew, and he's specifically tasked with watching the gold man and his stink dog friend. The stable boy is in on it and steals his fucking money, which, like, can we kill him too? We know that Thick has been doing this on wash days for quite some time now, and that Lodwin um, wasn't keen on a halfwit doing the spying, but it ended up working out pretty well. And oh yeah, there's a female in the piebald posse, which I assume is Henja. And, um... Let's see. Thick remembers all his scary encounters with the piebalds. We hear um, goats and blacksmith kind of, like, hammering in the background of all these kind of memories of his encounters. So Fitz takes a mental note of that. And it turns out that Thick was just really good at his job because he told the piebalds pretty much all the details of Fitz and Shade and the time that they spend. And, oh yeah, he also tells them that Shade calls him Fitz Hovley <laughs> and that Nettle cries at night, which <laughs> yeah. turns Fitz's insides to liquid. Yum. Uh, before Thick leaves, <laughs> he tells Fitz that Nettle cries all the time and that she's crying right now alone in the empty place, which Fitz doesn't understand at all because he doesn't hear Nettle crying. As he's exiting, Thick tells Fitz to keep his grubby bastard paws off of his precious pink cake that is untouched. And so Fitz <laughs> decides to take their relationship to the next level and give him a whole shelf where he can keep his treats so that he doesn't have to carry them Probably. around in a purse to and fro. After their convos, Fitz is aching to kill Lodwin. He's gone from just kind of slightly pondering it to aching to kill. Uh, he doesn't want to reveal all this to Shade just yet, so he goes to blow off some steam at the practice courts where he proceeds to go aggro mode with his partner, Wim. 
Wim talks about himself in the third person, which means we probably shouldn't trust him. <laughs> but he, he tells Fitz that he's come back to what he used to be, whatever that was. Um, well, he was an axe-wielding, throat-slitting berserker, Wim, so watch your back. <laughs> oh, Fitz is all, oh, hell yeah, I still got it. And then he bounces for steam. And while he's in the steam, he, while he's... Very much not thinking about what he's going to do next. He very much decides exactly what he's going to do next, and it smells like blood. So off he goes to Buckkeep Town to buy a red scarf and a knife, and oh yeah, just maybe, maybe casually kill some bitches if the mood strikes. Ah, <laughs> uh, And this is what happens when you don't tell Fitz exactly what he can and can't do. <laughs> Well, he told him not to he kill him. He straight up told him not to kill him, but he's like, I do what I want because oh. I'm Fitz and I have no regard for anybody or anything around me. I like when he does your quote up top where, oh, I'll do a lot of things, I just won't go immediately kill him. And he's just like, uh-huh, that's hilarious. And Fitz is like, yeah, totally. He needs, he needs it. He's done that. Do you think um, that the just... music, do you think that if Fitz had music, that it was like slowly building to a crescendo by the end of this chapter? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's, you know, at first he's just thinking about it like, oh yeah, that Lodwin, he really does have us kind of like, you know, in a tough spot and he can totally screw us over and then it just builds and builds and builds. And he's like, that fucker knows about my daughter. He knows that I'm Fitz chivalry. He's using this this thick and like treating him poorly and threatening, scaring the shit out of him, telling that he's going to let his entrails drop out of his body into the dust. Like he's like, I got all the reasons I need. Yeah, to he's ready. He's ready to fucking go. By the time he's out of that steam, he's like seeing red and just like tasting blood. Which is when he's at his best. So I don't know. And I think well, he could uh, have at least yeah, it's let like Shade know what's when going he's, on. I th- I think when he's with Wim. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, when he's with women, women is like, yeah, you're you're back to your old form. It's like, is he really, or is it just because he went into berserker mode, and, and that's just, like, seen as really good fighting, because he just doesn't care. I mean, so long as he can get to berserker mode, I think that's all that really matters. <laughs> yeah, but what about tomorrow? What's he going to feel like tomorrow? Tomorrow he's going to feel like an old-ass man. He's going to it hurts. But he gets the job done. I can't go downstairs. Well, and then, I don't know why Wim talks in the third person, but he's, he's like, you need to find somebody else to, like, train with or to learn from because, like, you've maxed out. So I'm like, who the fuck? Please stop hitting me. Who else is going to train him? He's got to get in real fights now. Yeah, it's just real fighting time, I guess. I... I really liked, um, so I guess I have to really give it to Robin Ha, but, like, I really appreciate the way she wrote about Thick and really humanized Thick. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really touching moment, you know, when Fitz is taking the time to groom and teach this man who, you know, I guess just hasn't really been given those dignities that, that other people have been given. And I, I, I have a theory that the reason that Thick hasn't been regarded in this way isn't necessarily because people just kind of dismiss him because he's quote-unquote a dimwit but it might have something to do with the fact that he compels people to not regard him at all right so shade is already kind of an absent absent absent-minded goof you know but at the same time it's like 
if he's constant if people are constantly being bombarded with the skill power to like not regard him then i think that it's not necessarily um their fault whereas fitz obviously broke down his skill walls and got to that point where it was apparent that he could it see these things you know i think so i i just i think that holds up for nice. like everybody in the keep except for shade because shade as much as like he'd love i mean like yeah okay he's kind of a bubbling idiot right now but he's also still very much there and he's not an idiot and i just feel like his experiences in his life of being a bastard, being the pocked man, and being kind of, like, treated poorly for all of that. Like, he should have taken better care of this misfit. I mean, do you think he's doing it because he's, like, well, this will continue to make people think he's unremarkable and they won't, like, pay attention yeah, to him? Yeah, and I'm not saying he should get gold necklaces or anything, but, like, a no, I mean, yeah, he could just give him a bath. Or, like, yeah, buddy, like, let's go take a bath today. Like... You know, I'm wondering <laughs> of this. This is also like kind of how Fitz was treated as a child. Like, I mean, if it had been up to Shade, Fitz would have been just like this. Like, it was Burrich that closed him and Burrich that told That's him true. to bathe. Yeah. True. Just expect better. Shade's... Shade only wanted him to steal scissors from Mistress Hasty, not actually get right. close. And we, we saw in, in the chapter I did, we saw that kind of like a little bit of break in Shade where. He was talking about his stepfather and how he was beaten by him. So we know that maybe Shade has a very complicated relationship with fatherly type, mm. you know, actions. I mean, I'm not excusing it at all. I think he was, I think he's being ridiculous and selfish and he sees Thick as a tool. Well, um, I think there's just like a little bit shit. of like sweetness to the fact that he's been treated by shit by all these people and then... He's doing a really bang up job of trying to screw them over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, duh. Well, it, this goes back. Remember when he said, "Are you sure that like you want this guy to be like your servant? Like, you know, he's a halfwit. He could like reveal secrets." And Shade's like, "Oh, he doesn't even know what he doesn't know. He's too stupid to know." Yeah. You know? And it's like, actually, actually, he fucking. He's knows like everything. a little walking recorder. He knows so exactly. Goddamn spawn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's it, and now they need something from Thick, right? And it makes me sad because, like, what if Thick didn't have the skill? What if Thick didn't have something that they needed? It would be and he would awful. continue on, and yeah, yeah, he would continue on in this, in this. Well, and uh, yeah, the fact that they're life. manipulating him, and he doesn't, he won't be any the wiser. But. Yeah, you know, it just seems like the six duchies isn't as great as. It does. It's not as great as it seemed in the first trilogy. I think the second trilogy as... has opened my eyes a lot to <laughs> the what it is lacking and how it can be improved. Still better than Bingtown, Jamalia most times. Yeah, I mean they have different problems. There's <laughs> no slaves, yes. just indentured servants. Yeah. Yeah, I think life is simpler, <laughs> and I think overall there are less. Like, there's less wealth in the six duchies. Like, like the people of Buckheap Town, they live in the capital city. And they are, these are not rich people, you know? Like, no. Not like Bingtown, where it seems like there are incredibly wealthy people living side by side with slaves. So. Right. So, yeah. Seems like maybe 
at least there's like that kind of economic equality where like if you can like run a business successfully you could feed yourself and if you can't do that then you can at least serve in the castle and hopefully people don't treat you like crap and let you bathe and let you bathe it's like nobody charges fits to bathe so I'm, I'm wondering if <laughs> one of the reasons that thick doesn't go down to the steams is that he's just afraid oh definitely well, the seams are seem to be for the guards. Fitz is just like I'm a bodyguard, like, like, so I can go in here. I'm a fucking oh, jock. Forget it. Soldiers only get to use the seams. That seems weird. Like, the, do you think the nobles would be all over that? Maybe there's noble seams. Like Maybe there are noble seams. Yeah, that's true. Lord Golden just hasn't started it yet. Lord Golden <laughs> just has a bucket. <laughs> Lord Golden would be very anti-steams because they'd be public. Yeah. Private saunas only. Yes. Alright, so shall we go into chapter 19 and see the consequences of all these uh, not making decisions? Hell Sounds yeah. Fun. <laughs> chapter 19. Loudwine. Story has it that King Shield was a real party boy, favored by Dionysus. To his great consternation, his mother had packed his courterie with boomers. They always mocked his passion for avocado toast. One day, King Shield <laughs> snuck out of his window to bar crawl around town and to pretend to be anything but royalty. Out at the bars, he loved to tell lewd riddles to jazz up everyone. On this particular occasion, he was telling riddles in a bar that skirted child labor laws and had a little kid waiting on tables. <laughs> The child not only knew the answers to each of the king's body riddles, the kid also knew the exact wording as if he plucked it straight from his head. So in this way, King Shield found his hip-hop TikToker to start a new coterie with. Presumably, he told the old coterie to take a hike, thus losing hundreds of years of skill progress at Buckkeep. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the present, I'm going to try to show that uh, not only... Is Fitz shitty? Everyone else is shitty. Um, <laughs> yay, Team Fitz. Okay, back in the present, Fitz is making his way to Buckkeep for errands, not to look for cheer wine. On the way to town, he runs into his favorite howling bitch. The whole conversation is a comedy that Starling isn't in on. Fitz's old paramour is looking for forgiveness, and it's soon apparent that the reason is because she thinks her husband is cheating on her. Fitz stares directly into the camera and summons his last spoon. <laughs> what follows is a series of reassurances that Fitz gives to Birdsong, which are almost all immediately followed by a glance at the audience and a shake of his head. <laughs> the conversation ends with Starling implying she'd sleep with Fitz and then asking if the rumors about Lord Golden are true. Oh, but look at the time. I'd love to keep talking about Starling, but there simply wasn't in the cards today. As Fitz is power walking away from Starling, he sees Civil ride past him into town. He decides to keep his cool and stay on his present course rather than chase after the boy. In town, Fitz finds a knife and a red scarf for Thick while asking about where to get a goat. The information <laughs> led him to the only goat herd near Smithy Row. So he's putting together uh, Thick's... Thick's... Uh, Goatery... Is yep. it a goatery? 
a place of power gotta be. Lo and behold, upon some investigation of the area, he finds Sybil's horse tethered nearby. Not a moment later, he overhears Barleywine himself <laughs> talking with another conspirator <laughs> named Paget. This is a piebald pie stronghold. The two enter a building and Fitz ghosts over to listen to a window, and there he overhears Brandywine interrogating the young Civil Brazinga. Civil has been working for the piebalds under duress, with his mother being kept as a hostage. Now it seems that his mother has been assaulted, and so Civil has come to say the deal's off. The Blood and Wine DLC has had enough, and he tells Padgett <laughs> to kill the kid. Fitz is thinking to himself that this is a bluff to get Civil to crack when suddenly Dutiful skills to him. Civil left his cat with Dutiful to keep him from getting hurt, and so now Fitz knows that Civil is expecting to die. So what happens? Fitz rushes blindly into the house, and what do you know? The guard at the door is already dead and sliding off the end of his sword. Funny, Fitz thinks. I don't even remember killing him. <laughs> That's right. Murder Fitz is upon us. Inside the house, the huge man, Paget is holding Civil off the ground by his neck like some kind of cartoon villain. Mr. Malbec, Malbec is sipping his cab salve as Dutiful's <laughs> cheeks turn a rosy rosé. The mini-boss fight round two is here. Fitz knows he cannot fight and save Civil at the same time, so he bravely takes a sword in his back as he runs up to stab Paget. True to his actual name, the loudest of whines roars, I'm going to kill you, exactly in that voice in the audiobook. <laughs> Fitz briefly hears Nidice telling him to make your snarl larger than his, so Fitz calmly says, I won't kill you, I'm just going to lop off your other hand and let you live, you cheap box whine. Oh my god. <laughs> and close. <laughs> Spurting blood everywhere and laughing like a maniac, Fitz then hurls the table onto the one-armed man and then hops onto the table and runs him through. Is it over? Of course not. A commotion outside clues Fitz into the fact that the enemy is not truly dead. It's Loud Horse, and he's trying to kick his way out of the stall. <laughs> Fitz has the briefest image of the future in which he is forever stalked by a demon horse. <laughs> and so his decision is made. In a move reminiscent of how he handled Justin and Serene, Fitz murders a horse in front of a crowd of people and then collapses <laughs> into the snow to bleed out. Before losing consciousness, Fitz sees Hinja in the crowd. Hinja. <laughs> excellent. Excellent, excellent job with all those wine puns. So good. R.I.P. Box Wine. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Box Wine. <laughs> R.I.P. Rest in Pinot Noir. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... So Fitz did a really great job following instructions. Yes. Yeah, he did Very exactly, good. exactly the opposite. Don't of what do the thing... Do. That you're gonna I will do. not murder him, he says while murdering him. <laughs> I vow to he never started murder it. Loud wine. And all he's done was save Civil. So what? I'm sorry, but like, what's what do I get out of it? More more conversations with Civil. Well, I feel like yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe he thought if he didn't save Civil that the prince would be like, You didn't try because you didn't trust him. Truth. Yeah, he knows. He's there. Well, he also saved. Yeah, and 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 the and dutiful asked him to. So yeah, 
So he was following instructions. He was following instructions. Higher instructions than Shade. What's he going to do? Not do what the prince asks him to do? My prince asked me to kill Loudwine now. And really... Pretty sure he just asked him to save Sybil, but you know. At his heart, Fitz just wants to... (laughs) He wants to follow instructions. He doesn't want to think. And the only reason he was going after everybody is because he was thinking that Shade is faltering and he's not himself anymore. And so he got this grand idea is, that he's the smart one in the group now. And he's got to go. Shade, you're a fool. Let me go cut some fools down. What a foolish notion. I mean, Shade, even in like his worst day, is a hundred times more capable than Fitz. And smarter. Even with all the fucking color-coded binders. That's what I mean. Like, he had his binders. At least he has he color-coded coping. binders. Yeah, he's coping. Lavender. That's the word. Horse. Lavender. Or horse. Or horse. What's the horse's name? Hammer? Does the horse have a name? Steven Spielberg's War Horse. Loud Horse. Loud Horse, yeah. I think Hammer is correct. (laughs) Loud Horse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... This is not the first horse that we've seen murdered. Well, and it probably won't be the yeah. last. It's okay. It to be a horse. They all go to heaven. <laughs> yes. I like that this is the second time Fitz has gotten into, like, a fight in Buckheap Town in, like, two days. And, and like, the, the, yeah. I know, the cop is like, you again. You fucking again? <laughs> He's like, you're the only one I've had to worry about in the last two days. Like, you killed three people, so this is going to be more than a fine. I'd like to imagine the guards <laughs> showing up. Like, how horrific does this look? Because it all took place in the snow. <laughs> it all looks like a fucking like, snow cone truck he, tipped he, over. He, he, looked at the, he looked at the guard and he Jerry said, flavors. he said, he started it. <laughs> I was just trying to save everybody from this crazed horse. <laughs> I don't know about those other three fucking gutted people. The guard they send in the because house comes out and is just like vomiting everywhere. Oh my right? god, don't oh, go Jesus in there. <laughs> he killed that first person so fast that I kept being like, wait, he killed three people? I know, I had to go back and be like, wait, who's the third person? And then, yeah. Exactly. Poor bastard. Yeah. This also, yeah, it, it, in a weird him. way, proves that my idea of making this into a video game would work really well. <laughs> <laughs> you kill all these people in Lodwine's house, and then you have to go to the post office and pay off your bounty. <laughs> That's great. Okay. I didn't kill any horses in Red Dead Redemption. That's all I'm saying. I thought you killed Rachel. Because Rachel was uh, so was pissed a... about it. She was tweeting about I it for days. I fell, okay. I fell, fell off, off a cliff. cliff. On the first playthrough, it was was manslaughter. Okay, horse slaughter. She started it. Horse couldn't recover. (laughs) Then he played it again, and Rachel stayed alive for a very long time and was a very good horse. And then Joey was like, "I replaced her with a white horse, a younger horse, a a, white Arabian, that I more beautiful horse." Well, that made me feel bad. That's your future. Try to steal all of his savings now, Rachel. Yeah, watch out for that platinum blonde. <laughs> Doesn't didn't make you go faster. You could have just kept Rachel. 
Uh, the the white Arabian had more potential. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can tell by its bars. Um. Stamina. They go to heaven, and all of them become unicorns, and unicorns. it's great. Uh, this is a, uh, we haven't had a good action scene in a while, so at least we kind of got this kind of. Yeah, it's half the book and one. nothing's happened except that. Half? We're at like the 75% mark. <laughs> We're yeah. at 75% of the book and the finally something physical happened. I knew I had to take the last loud the wine chapter because I came up with all of those cheer wine puns before <laughs> and didn't get, didn't get a loud wine chapter. It's perfect. Well, hopefully Sybil will stop being a little turd. He was safe. I know. Can he be like, stop the rumors? I saved your life. Okay, like, but hey, then... also, even if they're true, could you stop being a turd about yeah, it? Just stop. We need to be loud and people. <laughs> like, out. I didn't go around I'm telling everyone you're witted, but can you not? It's be... no one's job to out anybody. That's true. Also, what happens for the rest of this book? Because, like, <laughs> <laughs> as far as I was concerned, loud wine was it. I don't know. Think of something. They're not going to go hunt. Happen, they're not going to go hunt a dragon down in a glacier with uh, in, in what like five chapters. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot to bring up. I don't know what chapter it was in, but the pale lady. So we've had this lady yes. talking to about Boss and Eliana to wear the titty dress and telling her to have open up her legs and mm. do sexy times and all of that. And then we find out that wait is the pale lady that pale woman pale woman. Well, I feel I thought they is called she the one telling her to do all that lady? shit. But anyways, yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Wait, she's the one who's telling her to do that stuff. Yeah, according yeah. to the missive. Oh, after that, white Arabian. <laughs> oh, yeah, so well, things maybe are starting to coalesce. Oh, yes. Oh, things are coming becoming clear in the scrying pool. Of plots. But this is still a very middle book, and you know. Oh, there's room for lots of things to happen, but also plenty of room for answers to never ever come to fruition. So, (laughs) 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 whichever. You know, you're There is another trilogy, so. (laughs) All right, let's move into every episode prompts now that we have this bit of a bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, friends in high places, character introductions and exits. Bye, Boxwine. Goodbye, Boxwine and Loud Horse. Bye. And accompanied uh, barcart accessories. And and his servant, who was both discovered and killed in this chapter. Paget. Paget. I will forget you immediately. <laughs> and that guard. And yeah, that, that, that guy. Sorry, guy. He seems fun. I want to have him. a. I want to have a pint with him in the uh, the prancing pony or whatever it's called. <laughs> the pork, the pork, no, the porked pig. The stuck pig. The stuck pig. The stuck pig. We're gonna pig. change the name pig. to the slashed horse or something. <laughs> the dead horse. He. I'd have a beer with that guy. He's seen a lot. I want at least one friend that talks in the third person. Just one. I don't need a lot of them. Skills acquired. Fitz and company learn and grow what new skills were shown in this section. 
Uh, Fitz almost learned how to sew, but then didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He learned how to skill map quest directions to guide. That's true. That seems important. Shade learned how to make a bigger explosion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How to give up his, uh, how to give up his apprentice. And the fool learned how to stay silent for as long as humanly necessary slash possible while in a fight with your partner. (laughs) (laughs) I think there was also some incremental leveling done in the skill knowledge, although maybe they didn't learn any new combos, but they were at least figuring out that they can teamwork, you know? I think Fitz learned some things he shouldn't bring up in a relationship ever again. <laughs> um, animal assists. I mean, the uh, horse tries. Horse craze. Animal uh, interruptions. I mean, loud horse dogs smushing. Stay alive for like two seconds longer than you would have. Mm-hmm. And I guess technically, um, what's the ferret's name? He killed that rat, so that was a good assist. Gilly, Gilly killed that wit yeah. rat. I like that Thick thought that the bull killed the rat. <laughs> the bull, the bull <laughs> killed the rat. Oh. Was the fool there and how fabulous were they being? I liked his fighting style. His fighting. It was very passive aggressive, yeah. I approve. Well, I think that Especially also means the, oh, more if Fitz I've, comes I've to the own, his own conclusion about being shitty. Like, if he can actually use his brain and decide very hard for him. to apologize instead of being forced to, it would be a little bit more sincere. Um, Fitzmisery has... <laughs> Fitzmisery the Bastard has a moment. Heroics, tantrums, the whole time. extremely bad decisions. All of the above. Everything. Every the last moment of his life. <laughs> Total Fitz panacea. <laughs> um... And then always as a joke until it's not. But did you die? Important events and predictions about what's coming up. Uh, I predict that Fitz's head will hurt. <laughs> How bad was He's that back. cut? I Where think it was, was it? bad. Was it bad? Because he just sort of I, fell yes. over. <laughs> His back will mm, What you say? He'll be, he'll be fine. <laughs> it's mid-book. It's mid-book. <laughs> well, you know, in these books, you're like, you know, Fitz is the narrator, so he can't die, but, like, he already has. We can get a new narrator. <laughs> <laughs> Almost so, so many like, times. anything can happen. I was like, wait, when when did Burrich think, when did Burrich think he died? Because, like, was that the same time that he did die almost dead? No, no, no it's it a different. Was, time. He had his head cracked open. He's been poisoned. He fake died when Burrich thought he died, and then he really died when he was beaten to death. That's a lot of dying. Those are all the times <laughs> so far. What made you cry? The fool fits his stupidity. Burrich. Yeah. The fool when he said, "I love you. I set no boundaries on my love." Because you know it just... Crying, limping Burrich definitely got me. 
Yeah. 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 Same. I don't, when I was too busy cry, being angry at Fitz for sitting in the walls. Yeah, I was really distracted <laughs> by Fitz. I I still like the the thick scene where he was. I, there was just something just really touching about him tending to thick. It was also like fatherly, and he doesn't get a lot of chances to be fatherly. <clears throat> Not really, because he keeps neglecting all his children. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just, I don't know, you just you just think about Thick as, like, a human for once, and you're just like, fuck. Um, fashions from Jamelia or Bingtown? Or Buckkeep. Or Buckkeep. Red scarves. We got red yeah. scarves. We got red whistles. Thick is red getting some very outdated robes, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> good as it got here <laughs> i mean i still like the fact that things can be outdated in this world <laughs> yeah right <laughs> because fashion does evolve this old shitty robe is somehow outdated <laughs> from that old shitty robe <laughs> i mean it's probably not been worn in 30 years and it's like covered in burns or whatever experiment shade was working on some probably drugs drugs <laughs> and he covered I mean, in meth of- Speaking of shade, I did really like this scene where the fool was applying all of the cosmetics, and he's like, "Wow, this would have been really useful when, when I was, was doing lady time. time. Yeah, I wouldn't have had to wear. It's like I would have had to rely on my stench so much. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was talking to Joey earlier because we were we were talking about like reasons that maybe shade wasn't so uh, great at providing for thick, and we were like, "Well, does he even like like does he even get clothes for himself, or does he just steal?" Like, does he just, like, sneak into people's, you know, rooms at night and take what he needs? He's a klepto. He's a <laughs> shot. He'll get up into these walls. It's like, oh, I need a new shirt. Let me just find one. Uh, and last but not least, did Fitz fix it? He fixed yep. it so hard. The whole time. Hell fucking yes. Oh More God. than ever. In new ways, he's he's outdone himself. <laughs> he's inventing new fitzes. He's out. Oh, and I can't wait to see how he gets out of this because the cops rolled up on him and they're like, "Yo, there's there's a lot of blood and a lot of dead bodies." So <laughs> we haven't <laughs> seen anything like this since the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> we got a drawing of him back in the precinct. Damn so familiar. We'll why, why is that? Wilson's got a scar and he's got a white streak, so it's clearly not the same guy. But, you know. <laughs> oh, he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if that's it, reminder for next reading section is going to be Golden Fool chapters 20 through 24. This has been Buckkeep Radio. You can email us at buckkeepradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email on air, maybe. Um, I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa. I am in horse heaven, and I am also at AlyssaMaynard.com. <laughs> I'm Jenny, and you can find me at FacelessBray on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at ChewyBreadCosplay on Instagram. I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at LadybirdParker. And I'm Joey, and I'm I'm on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Sometimes. Sometimes. Alright, next up is spoiler section. Bye. Bye.
know why I got this question. But what do you guys want to talk about? Do we want to talk about how Fitz is going to die for the fourth time? Do we want to talk? I did about... read that chapter so I can pretend like I am a. <laughs> <laughs> you prepped. It's so graphic, like his like poisonous, like rotting flesh sloughing off. Like the fact that his innards are like poking oh, out, yeah. and everyone's like, "Oh, that's bad." <laughs> Small intestines are out next to him, so don't sit on the bed. But it's fine. Yeah, Ashley wonders how Fitz is going to get out of this. He's just going to almost die, and then the fool has to like be like, "Fine, I'll save you." I can use our skill connection, <laughs> and then the coterie will be born. Oh, it's so beautiful! So this is the the moment that locks him into coterie. perpetually being thirty two or thirty five or whatever he is. Right. Yeah, yeah. And remember, because the fool Still goes too feeling. far, and he's like, "You took everything away. <laughs> you gotta put it back. You gotta put it back. You gotta make me a little bit ugly." It's like, oh, I would have been like, "Yeah, man, let's keep it." Yeah, all you gotta do is say, "Dutiful has the skill, and he fixed me." The end. Right. Well, I guess he can't be super friends with. But he saved Dutiful. Yeah. But they don't know that. Oh. They just think Dutiful is meditating. Sorry, I'm getting messages from the... I'm paying attention. <laughs> um. <laughs> There's got to be some way to explain it, right? Right? I think more of it is also like he, he doesn't want to be that boy again he wants to he wants to be tom badgerlock you know like he's not ready just to just had fixed. an extreme makeover even though this is how this is how dutiful finds out right where everyone because his mom comes and yeah she's like fuck everything she's like crying over him because they all think he's gonna <laughs> die because shade is shade is like fits fits my boy yeah he's like oh it's just a joke that we have <laughs> He's like, yeah, you guys said that. He's like, is it like when you call people beloved? <laughs> <laughs> or fool. Just, we're fool. both bastards, so I just call him Fitz. Yeah, it's nicknames. I call him fool. He calls me Fitz. But we're not actually Fitz and the fool. Like, Yeah, it's just an inside open. joke. It's really funny. I wish you knew it. <laughs> What else is coming up? Um, I guess they decide uh, when spring comes that they're going to go to the Out Islands. And the island that I can never actually see. As- As- we have to decide how we're all. As- 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 love y'all. 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 As- Iceland. It's Iceland. Reykjavik. <laughs> Reykjavik. <laughs> All the nonsense with hat boils over. He's... Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, I have to abandon you and go on this adventure. Oh my god, stop neglecting him. Swift oh, runs god. away again. He comes back. Because he ends up on the trip. Does, um... Does Nettle get brought to Buckkeep? Before or after the Aslav y'all? 
I think it's trip. after because she's not on the trip, but she's there. Like you know, she's like the skill. She's like Tinkerbell. She's like the skill <laughs> version of herself. And the secret's pretty much out about about. Well, yeah, remember because when that. he gets back, she figures it out, and then when he gets back, he comes out of the steams, and she's waiting for him, and she's like, "Hey, hey, you fucker! Hey, fuckface! <laughs> <laughs> hey, dick bag!" These are the parts that I don't remember. Oh, it's so good. Like, as 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 the only child of of a absent father, that scene was like, it was good. <laughs> Let's see. The three scenes I remember from this book, the last book, are. <laughs> remember, I remember. I, well, I know that Riddle was on the ship. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because we we looked that up, uh, and then I I remember the body swap stuff. So good. You don't remember anything her. between Riddle on the ship and the body swap, though. What? You don't remember anything between Riddle on the ship and the body swap? Like nothing. Like the whole um, book. Only the stuff that you've said. <laughs> all, all the all the and... stuff with the 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 pale woman. The ice cavern. I mean, I know that the pale woman was there, and I know there was stuff. Oh, I the just pale woman trying to have sex with Fitz in front of the fool while the fool nope, nailed to the none wall. Of that. Oh, um, come on! And, right. The dragon that they're carving. Existence, the uh, yeah, Prilkoff's existence and the bombs. Remember, all the bombs. Birch. I remember the terrible. I remember Birch dying, and I remember uh, Fitz and Molly in the field at the end, which is horrifying. Mm. Oh. I don't know what that scene is. I ripped it out of my book and I don't read it. Oh. <laughs> so that's that's the stuff that I remember. Otherwise, I got nothing. I laid her down in the grass. Ew, ew, stop. <laughs> wow, weird. Those oh. pages are like ripped out of my copy. Yeah. Yeah. Do any of you have that? I don't, don't remember no. it. We're just not going to talk about it. We're going to be like, what? No. My uh, digital copy glitches when I get there. Yeah. I have many pages of my digital copy that are just not, they're just blank. Wow. There's even like the little page rips in the digital copy. How did they do that? (laughs) They know. They know it's a spare. (laughs) You can buy two different versions and they just. (laughs) The fool version and the Molly version. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. What's wrong with that, I say? What's wrong with that? Does, does Fitz roll around in the grass with Molly or the fool? Fucking Prill Cop. I just want to push that. I want to push him off a cliff. <laughs> Prill Cop is like, oh yeah, you should leave him forever. Because once your catalyst has done their work, you can't stick around because you could change things. Oh, okay. Let's go get tortured for 20 years. Cool. More like Prill Cop. Yeah. Never trust a cop. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Even a prill one. I can't believe it. You don't remember any of it. Not the scuttling through the ice, not the cavern, not like the people being stuck to the ground, not peeling the fool's discarded back skin off of the ice and carrying it around. Being like, well, I need this. This is the only part of my friend that I have. I only remember it because you're saying it now, but I did not did not recall it before. Devastation. I'm not ready. That's so much. 
I just remember the part where they become literally intertwined so that they can, in the future, have a child together. It's the circle of life, Jenny. I mean, I guess they needed Molly because she needed to, like, be a womb. Yeah, yeah, it was either that or Starling or... Oh. Oh, no, because Starling gets pregnant. That happens too. It's true to see they have another child out there. No, no remember because she's always like, "Oh, I'm barren. I can't have a baby." No, I, yeah. I know. I'm just yeah. saying. All right. Well, if you have nothing specific to go over, I will stop listing major events. <laughs> <laughs> You're just proving that we've read these before. <laughs> someone has. All right. So that's it. I'm logging off. Hitting stop. Bye-bye. Bye. Because it is art. It's just drawing Joey, reference. Joey, yes. Joey, Joey, get what? up and come <laughs> here right now. Joey, Joey. What? Oh my god, Joey. There's a oh bug. My oh my god, red alert, there's a bug! There's a bug! What is going on? What is that? She handled that really well. No, no, no. Where? Where? You gotta point it. I can't even. I'm just. What? I just screamed. This is what I got to deal with. In 2.5 seconds, I've captured the spider inside of a jar. So it was a slippery spider. Did it look like my jar? Was it wearing it's ice wearing little shoes. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it's a bug. <laughs> <laughs>